Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. You're damn right we're talking about the schedule for the third straight day. It's official. We finally know what the Carolina Panthers are going to be doing week in, week out during the NFL season. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We want to hear from you, even your apparent Armani Edwards comments at 704-570-9610. Fitty doing overtime, running Charlotte Sports today, running that with Jeff out of the studio, Colin Flounder, all of them in, and all I heard when I was in the waiting room when we were on deck, West was Fitty get really angry at someone for talking about Armani Edwards. And wow. so we're already starting off hot. I know you're also really, I know you're angry. You're, no, no, you had I'm, to calm down a little bit before you hopped on the mic again. This guy compared Bryce Young to Armani Edwards <laughs> and then like doubled down. Yeah, no, I'm with it. Lord but, have mercy. Yeah, I'm, that's what I was saying, Wes. Yeah, it's a little different. I just want, I, the only reason I'm with it is because it gets you all angry before we hop on. <laughs> that's why I think it's so funny. Uh, also, we've got tons of videos. We are doing all sorts of detailed stuff with the video releases, people. Okay, Wes is hard working. He's actually doing that as we speak. He's putting videos out on social media, so go follow us. Him at Westcott Range, me at Walker Mail, Josh at HTB underscore Josh. We'll find hard. a link there too. And the show handle at Wes and Walker Station handle at WFNZ. So we got a lot of stuff going out there on a Friday. <laughs> I'm excited. We got a lot of schedule breakdown stuff. We got some fun categories to break this schedule down to. We've got a debut segment again, constantly creating new imaging. Flashback Friday. And we've some got some hardworking rascals. Yeah, we we uh that, that's what Thank you could call us. Yeah. I don't know why I think he was looking at me when he said it, but that's fine. <laughs> he said plural. We can both say we there. are. We are some hardworking rascals. So we have undrafted my name is at the end of this segment. We've got a couple of undrafted guys we want to showcase. We also have flashback Friday. I'll give you something interesting from twenty twenty two on May twelfth, from twenty twenty one on May twelfth, because as I said in the video, I'm one of those guys that actually doesn't really delete my emails. So I have a lot of content from back in the day, like going back to goodness gracious, 2014, mm. something like that. It's, it would make somebody that's very organized, just kind of faint if they saw all the emails that I have not deleted, but it creates content. So we'll get to that a little bit later on. And how about Jordan Reed, ESPN NFL draft analyst. He's going to be joining us in just a moment. That's going to be a fantastic breakdown. Let's go ahead right now. Pull up to the scene. Bus driver angry, but it doesn't matter. He's still getting the job done. Open up the doors, Fiddy. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Just to appease West before we get to the NFL schedule, we had some big news last night here in the Carolinas. A little bit out east, just a little bit. Carolina Hurricanes, West. They move on 
to the Eastern Conference Finals. What do you make about the uh, Canes moving on here to uh, possibly go to the Stanley Cup championship? Man, I was super excited. They got on my nerves a little bit when it was 1-0. Something about the Canes, you know, when you watch your team enough and you kind of know how they're going to perform based off how they play early. When they got down 1-0, anytime the Canes come back and tie it, I'm like, they're going to win this game. Because when it was 1-0 early, then they got down 2-1. I got a little annoyed, and I was like, man, if they have to go back to New York, this is going to be so aggravating. And then, as I've said, hockey sudden death is just one of the best things in sports. When it goes your way, and when they got that game-winning goal, I actually kicked my toe on the couch because I was laying on the couch and I got excited and just kind of extended my entire body. And then, uh, yeah, it was not uh, good. I hurt my toe just a little bit, but I said I'll take that in order to uh, get the celebration just you grind fast. Through it? You grinded through it? Oh, yeah, I was good, man. I was just glad they won. That that took the pain away. So I said, yeah, man, they won. So looks like they'll be taking on the Panthers. The Panthers have to close out their schedule. I mean, their series tonight. But that's not going to be an easy series. The Canes are now the betting favorite to win the Stanley Cup. So it's exciting. That is exciting. Plus, I saw the photo of Seth Jarvis, and I forget who was alongside him. But they were walking into the arena, and they looked pretty fresh. And he also had the facial hair going as much as he could, despite joking on our show that he couldn't really grow a beard. But everybody was like, oh, okay, so Seth is the real deal tonight. So he's actually, he's ready to come in and play. Yeah, man. And so the Carolina They didn't Hurricanes, want to get back on that bird. No, they got, they got the job done. So congrats to the Carolina Hurricanes. Should be a lot of fun to see if they actually can pull this thing off and uh, win another championship in the NHL. That would be awesome to see. We'll see if what the Carolina Panthers can do is get anywhere close to that. Can they, can they get into playoff contention? Well, at least now we know a little bit of what the schedule looks like. So there are a lot of things to get to. We're going to be breaking this down all day long. But just to give you a first quarter of the season, we went through it a little bit as we were getting the leaks. But you're going to open up the season September 10th on the road against Atlanta. Come back home. Monday Night Football will be the home debut for Bryce Young against the New Orleans Saints. So two division games to lead off the schedule. That is official. You're actually going out to Seattle in week three, something we did not know yesterday. We did know week four you'd play Minnesota. I think those back-to-back matchups against Detroit and Miami on the road right before the bye is going to be very interesting for this Panthers team to set the tone. When you come back from the bye in week seven, it's Houston Texans week eight against C.J. Stroud. Anthony Richardson week nine. I love the way, let's just do the first half real quick and then the second half, but I love the way the storyline set up in the first half of the season. Regardless of, oh, I'd rather have it front-loaded, toughest, most intriguing. I just think there's a lot of awesome storylines throughout the first half of the season here, Wes. Yeah, and the NFL, they always talk about breaking down your schedule into quarters and I know with 17 games now that can be a little bit different as far as getting odd and even but that first quadrant of the Panthers schedule we're going to learn a lot as far as what Carolina can do Atlanta New Orleans Seattle Minnesota that is a tough four pack to start the season with with the rookie quarterback Atlanta should be much improved we already know what we've talked about with New Orleans then you talk about the Seattle Seahawks I almost called mm-hmm. them the Supersonics for a second but uh, you're living in 90s nostalgia. <laughs> but Seattle looks to be much improved. Geno Smith and the crew, and then Minnesota. I mean, yeah, they got put out of the playoffs early, but this is still a really explosive team. So man, it's a lot. It's a lot to look forward to for the Panthers. And just uh, like I said, this schedule is 
it's kind of difficult. And then it goes into the second half. The storylines continue facing Chicago on the road. That'll happen November 9th in Week 10. Dallas comes on home to the Bank of America Stadium um, November 19th. And then you have a three-game road trip. So it's the longest road trip of the season. November 26th, Week 12 against Tennessee. Week 13 against Tampa. Week 14 against New Orleans. So three-game road trip, two of those road games against division opponents. And in fact, the division foe consecutive weeks, it does not end because you have the Falcons on a, on a time to be decided, week 15 on a date as well. And so now week 15, you have the Atlanta Falcons that you're going to be playing. That game will be at home. Green Bay, December 24th, we already knew. Jacksonville, December 31st. And then Tampa will be the last game of the season. So the schedule is set for the Carolina Panthers as it is for everyone in the National Football League. And I want to talk about the video. Oh, yeah. Because they did the showbiz thing. They had the script. J.J. Jansen was the director behind the scenes. I thought J.J. did a great job. And Nick Carboni on Twitter said when he asked all of the Carolina Panthers players, who deserved the Oscar if you could not give it to yourself? Overwhelming majority went with J.J. Jansen as the guy that deserved the Oscar. I ask you, in the video the Panthers made for the schedule release, I thought it was very good. I don't know if it was the best, but it was very good compared to everybody else in the NFL. What was your favorite scene that we saw? Uh, definitely Brian Burns with the Spider-Man deal. I thought he had the most glitzy, glossy scene of them all. But then they break it down and get simple when he goes into what looks like a school play for him to save the day with the props and all of that stuff. But the beginning of it with the uh, fluorescent-looking uh, doors, the fluorescent lights. Oh, well, and they then, set the stage for Yeah, him. the whole Spider-Man deal. Yeah, because they know they're going to have to set the stage for that bag coming soon <laughs> as well. But yeah. uh, I like that scene as well. The Panthers have been putting in work. Didn't like the draft-type video. This was a better effort, I thought. A little corny at some parts, but it was still a good effort, I thought. It's, it's almost, it's unless you do what Tennessee did, I thought Pittsburgh's was great, too, on the instructional how to make an NFL schedule release video. I thought Pittsburgh's was great. That was probably my second favorite. So Tennessee, number one. Pittsburgh, number two. I like the Chargers anime thing. It's just hilarious. And I like that they embraced. They did the same thing over again. By the way, the Pop-Tart pictures, the thread that they had, I thought that was very good from the Chargers social media team. Chicago's was cool with the whole Man, you had a thing. night watching these videos, huh? I watched a lot. Well, I needed to compare. <laughs> no, I, it's good. It's I good. did my research, everyone. I know you came to us to get research, to get info this on where true. Carolina ranked with the schedule release videos. I did like those. But Carolina was very good. The Maury scene was excellent. That it was. Fitty, did you see the Maury scene? Did you? I saw one of you put it in the rundown. I didn't know who it was, but I was like, yes. I'm glad that somebody else agrees with me that the Maury scene was excellent and needed to be discussed. Austin Corbett is the guy. I just thought, yeah, okay. We can roll with him as being Maury on that. But once they said, Cincinnati, you are not the opponent, and they had the reaction... By far, my that favorite part of the whole video. I that thought was, it was great. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then my Niners, you know, they got hyphy, had the rap video vibes going on uh, with their video. I got to check it out, though. I'm not going to lie. I did not watch it last night. Uh, I'm going to watch it during the break. But I'm just looking at it now with no sound on. What, which video are you talking about? 49ers, when they released their uh, schedule, how they did it. Well, and I saw Vashti, who we had on the show yesterday. She said if the NFL season goes the way of how the division has released these videos, Carolina is going to win this thing in a runaway <laughs> because I don't think there was many people talking about how great New Orleans was. I didn't even see theirs. I didn't see Tampa's, Atlanta's maybe I did, but Carolina did a great job. And Carolina's social media team is pretty good. 
I mean, they've done a lot of interesting stuff, and they've they've been very good for a while now, just creating some interesting I enjoy videos. it. Yeah. No, I do, too. I mean, it's really become an event. My yes. barber this morning, he was like, man... He's like, I didn't even know releasing schedules was a thing now. I said, oh, yeah, huge. man, it's all the rage. It's awesome. I, I loved Pittsburgh's. If you, if you haven't seen it, it's just uh, it's the classic black and white instructional video. And they cheese it up, and but intentionally so, to the point where they know they're making fun of themselves on that. It's fantastic. But Tennessee, the Tennessee Titans, probably the best. You go to the strip. I got to check it out, man. Oh, I'm going to set aside some time so to they, uh, get these. They did the TikTok trend. Where I don't know who it is, but it's it's a thing where this one guy will ask his dad and his girlfriend who don't know anything about the NFL. He'll show them logos and then they'll try to guess who the opponent is. Well, they did that on the strip, too. And so they would say, here's week one, week two, whatever. Carolina, of course, plays Tennessee. And when it came time for a civilian to guess who Tennessee was playing that week, they said, uh, who? I don't know, the, the North Carolina Tigers. And then so they officially say, okay, yep, North Carolina Tigers. That's who will play. And then they did that with a lot of other franchises. Wow. We need Sam Darnold back in Charlotte because the hey, Panthers did tweet out what would that logo look like. And remember, Darnold drew the Panthers logo logo when he got traded here right. to Carolina. So we need him to come back one day with his toboggan looking like Walter White and all and draw us the Carolina Tigers logo. Uh, uh, Big Cat Dan is writing in some of the other team names that were wrong. Somebody said the Falcons were the Atlanta Red Stallions. I believe they I believe they yeah, I believe they changed their name to it. So Atlanta was having fun with it as well. Somebody called Jacksonville uh, Chester Cheeto. <laughs> like that was hilarious. That was that that was these people's guesses though. Like that what was what was so funny. Um, there were a bunch of really good ones. We'll get to some of your texts too. I did want to read a lot of them. Chester Cheeto's a legend. Oh, he's a legend. He's fantastic. Don't don't give the stank smooth, face, Fitty. Smooth as it gets. Chester Cheeto is a legend. Okay, yeah. one of the best. His chip, well, his chip isn't. Whoa! All right, hold on, everybody. All right, let's You're calm down. Tripping. All right, let's calm down. I, I know. I'm worked up. We have Jordan Reed to get to. I want everybody to ridicule Fiddy in the text line. I also want to know who is your favorite snack mascot of all time. I respect that about Fiddy, though, because there's no like softness with how he says things. Well, I mean, no, there's like no you could be like, uh, Cheetos is not really my thing. Oh, He's like, no, no, they're terrible. There's no nuance. It, there is, yeah. it is all or nothing. He speaks in absolutes, and that's why we love Fiddy to be on the show. I want to hear your favorite snack mascot of all time on the Garage Door Guru text mm-hmm. line. 704-570-9610. Cereal, snack mascot. Okay. Yeah, 100%. It does not matter to me. Let's go to Jordan Reed. Let's do the football conversation. We have a lot to get to here today on Weston Walker. Coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, 
jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Like that, we are back. This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 on a Friday. Hit us up on the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. We're talking about all kinds of stuff. We just left you with food for thought, literally or figuratively, uh, going into the break, talking about your favorite food characters because Fitty dis Cheetos and Chester the And Chester's Cheetah. a legend. We Chester can all agree. is the man, the shades, all that stuff. Even though something goofy would always happen to him <laughs> at the end when he was trying to be too smooth. But he's smooth as hell, though. Yeah, man. Like, he's one of the coolest snack mascots of all time. Yeah. And so that, so, yeah. was, that was the question. We got Toucan a lot of text. Sam, a Toucan. lot of stuff. Come Go. on, baby. Just Fantastic. follow my news. <laughs> yeah. Right? I love Toucan Sam. All right. So joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, Jordan Reed, ESPN draft analyst and North Carolina Central alum. Crib. Joining us here on the line. Now, Jordan, let's, let's get this thing started right do you have a favorite food mascot? Um, favorite food mascot? I don't really have one. Um, but the Fruit Loops one you guys are using was pretty solid. <laughs> you can never go wrong with that. You, you, didn't, you didn't prepare to talk snack mascots, Jordan? That's not all right. That's fine. I thought you'd be more prepared for that, but that's okay. All right. All right, Jordan, let's get down to business. Now, starting things off, the Carolina Panthers take Bryce Young with the top pick of the draft. We've broken down his traits and all that great stuff. But listen, how quickly do you think Bryce Young acclimates himself to this job and becomes the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers? Um, I mean, if it comes as early as week one, that wouldn't be surprising at all. And I know they signed Andy Dalton to a lucrative deal, expecting him to come in and play significant snaps for them early on while the young quarterback gets acclimated. But I'm of the belief that the only way a young quarterback can really learn is on the job training. And with Bryce Young, he was loaded as being the most pro ready and also being the smartest of this year's group. So why would we waste any time putting Andy Dalton out there? We know what he is at this point. And we have him as a high quality backup as insurance. Let's go ahead and start the young guy and let's see what he's got. All right, so who would you say is the Carolina's most impact draft selection not named Bryce Young? Oh, it's Jonathan Mingo, without question to me, just because I think he steps into a situation of where he can play significant snaps. And I know Carolina brought in some receivers, Adam Thielen. Um, they brought in some other players, too, that they like there. But I just think they need a young receiver to step up. Now with D.J. Moore gone, trading of the Chicago they don't have a number one wide receiver that they can look forward to in the future on the roster. So Mingo enters a situation of where he can play in the slot. He can play outside. They even can even use him in the backfield like Ole Miss did at times. So there's a lot of different hats that he can wear on this wide receiver corpse, and I expect him to have a significant role as a rookie. Well, and I want to continue to talk about Mingo here, Jordan, because with Mingo coming in, it just seemed like this was always somebody when we would do our projections, we thought, okay, well, maybe you could get him a little bit later on. Mingo might be a guy that you could trade back and select. And I know mock drafts are not gospel by any means. I totally get that. But at the same time, it did feel early at 39 once they made the selection, and yet nobody was really having the the post analysis like that, right? Everybody thought Mingo would go later but then people liked that move at 39 is he too raw to contribute as a guy that can come on board and produce right away or do you think we are talking about someone that is here for the now and for the future no i think he's here for the now and the future and his stock was it kind of fizzled a little bit 
prior to the senior bowl, but with him having such a good week of practice and then performing well in the game, his stock went through the roof after the senior bowl. So the senior bowl helped him out a ton, and that's really where he saw his stock begin to rise, and then he ended up being a second-round pick. And he reminds you a lot of A.J. Brown coming out of Ole Miss, that thick build at 6'2", 225 pounds. not saying he's going to have an instant year one impact like A.J. Brown did in Tennessee, but as far as the skill set, I think you can use him very similarly to how A.J. Brown was used early on in his career. Jordan Reed, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Uh, Jordan, I think the most polarizing pick here in Carolina and amongst the Panthers fan base, it was not only selecting DJ Johnson, but trading up for him. 13 spots ahead to go get someone like DJ Johnson. What did you make of that decision, not only to draft the Oregon edge rusher, but to also trade up to get him? Yeah, I thought it was a little bit early for him. I thought he was going to be more of a later uh, day three pick, but he's a player that is really talented, very athletic. He just needs to figure things out a little bit more as a pass rusher. That's really the area of where you want to see him improve. And Carolina, they still lack some depth at edge rusher. Yitzhak Grossmontos really hasn't come along as fast as they thought they would. We knew Brian Burns is a stud. We know what he is at this point. Uh, He's a franchise player for them. But outside of that, they don't really have a bunch of players that they can look forward to off of the edge. So he steps into a situation where he can get some significant time, even as a mid-round pick. So, you're hoping he develops a little bit quicker than what Utah Gross Matos has at this point. But he's gonna have a, he's gonna have an opportunity to get some game snaps. And Jordan, coming off of the heels of that question, DJ Johnson, do you feel like he could be the most underrated selection in their draft, or is there someone else that comes to mind? Uh, I like Jamie Robinson out of Florida State. I, I think he's a very, very underrated player in Carolina, they, I think their defense is going to be really good next year. They have some really young pieces on that side of the ball that still need to develop. But I think the secondary is really going to come along nicely, assuming J.C. Horn is going to stay healthy. Jeremy Chin, we know what he is at this point. Um, but I think Jamie Robinson steps into a situation where he's probably going to have to play special teams early on in his career. But his versatility, you're going to be able to find a role for him somewhere just because he can wear so many different hats in the secondary. You can follow him at Jordan underscore Reed on Twitter. And Jordan, taking a broader look at the rest of this conference in the well in the NFC South, the division, I should say, who is the draft pick in the NFC South that the Panthers should be most afraid of? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think the obvious answer is B. John Robinson from the Falcons. I think he's going to step in and be one of the best players at the position right away. He reminds me a lot of LaDainian Thomason uh, when he was with the San Diego Chargers at the time. Uh, I think that he has that type of upside. He's going to have that type of instant impact. And he's going to be a thorn in the Panther side two times a year. It's going to be a pain playing him. But um, it's just an unfortunate situation of where he got drafted to Atlanta. And you have the game plan to stop him. But he's going to be a really good player. Jordan Reed joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. I want to talk a little bit about the coaching staff, too, here, Jordan. Is there, you know, I I was thinking about the right fit with Frank Reich, but it did seem like this is somebody that would adjust his scheme to whatever QB would go into his system, and we know that there was a revolving door there in Indianapolis. What do you expect to see in this kind of offensive marriage between a Frank Reich and somebody that is smaller than he or a lot of coaches have ever worked with in Bryce Young? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting just because he seems to be turning over the reins to Thomas Brown, uh, who came over from the L.A. Rams. Uh, He spent a lot of time with Sean McVay. So it's going to be really interesting just because their offense and their variances and their principles are a little bit different than what Frank Reich has run in the past as far as what the Rams want to do. Want to run a lot of 11 personnel, so one tight end and three receivers on the field. Um, 
Carolina's personnel is a little bit lacking in that area right now as far as having three steady receivers that you can count on just because we don't know what Mingo is at this point, but they're hoping that he can play a big role. Um, but there's a lot of different variances that they do want to use. Um, but I think it's going to be really interesting to see exactly what happens and then which direction that they pull in. Do they run more principles that Frank Rack has ran in the past? Uh, or do they do more quick timing stuff like Sean McVay has done uh, during his time with the Rams with Brown coming over now as the offensive coordinator? Well, Jordan, it does feel like this move was set up based off of the two off-seasons, the past two off-seasons, right? So you go get all of the free agent skill positions you signed in Hayden Hurst and Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and even last year, they really shored up the offensive line that was better than it has been in recent past. Do you like the process of what Carolina has done this past offseason, selecting Icky first round of the year prior, and then Bryce with all the other uh, free agent moves they've made? Yeah, I do. I really like the plan that's been in place with Carolina. I think the offensive line meshed really well last year, and that was always one of the Achilles heels for uh, the Panthers, even in years past. He started off a little bit rough, but as he continued to get those game snaps, I thought he improved throughout the year. Taylor Moten, we know he's a stud at right tackle. And then they have some interesting pieces that they that they landed last year and then bringing them back this year. Uh, I think the offensive line is going to be a strong point, but they're still lacking at the skill position. I want to see them improve at receiver in the future. I think this year is really a fill-out year as far as what they have, whether to see if he would still have some juice left in the tank, what Mingo can be, and if DJ Chark can stay healthy. So I still would like to see them add another receiver just because I would like to see a reliable three at that point. Um, but you just want to see them improve a little bit more. But as far as outside of that, I think they have a really good group overall. That was Jordan Reed, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, proud North Carolina Central alum. You got anything out there for the uh, the, the Central fan base to mm-hmm. tell them real quick before we get you out of here? Um, we want to repeat next year as national champions. Mm-hmm. Um, that, 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 that's the plan we want. Um, be the first back-to-back champions in a long time. So looking forward to that. And Eagle Pride Amplified always. No doubt about it. You can follow him on Twitter at Jordan underscore Reed. Jordan, we appreciate it, man. Thank you, guys. All right, that was Jordan Reed right there giving us the football sandwich for your Friday, man. And what did you think about some of the comments uh, in that interview? No, I think the process has been good. The, the reason I asked that last question is because there have there have been criticisms of the way that the Panthers have operated in previous off seasons, and you wanted to see the plan work out at the end. And so, look, maybe they fell backwards into it. Because you did have the ninth overall pick, there was no confirmation that you were ever for sure going to get this number one overall selection. You had to work to go get it, right? You had to give up something like a DJ Moore, and so you gave up real assets to go get Bryce Young. But you at least did solidify the offensive line to create a good environment for whoever that QB was going to be when you brought him in. Because, Wes, this is a team that had sidestepped drafting a first-round QB for so many years. Remember, Cam Newton was your number one overall draft pick in 2011. They didn't draft a QB all the way through until Will Greer was your next selection in the third round. And I get it, right? For a lot of those years, Cam Newton's your guy, whatever. But then as it started to wane and he started to have some injuries that he was battling... Will Greer's your third-round pick. Doesn't work out. Then you trade up to go get Matt Corral. Okay, but it's still like kind of walking the line. It didn't seem like there was a real intentional plan to say, okay, this is the person we're going all in on. And then they've tried to shore up the offensive line while doing that. They did. I think the av- I think the weapons are average. Jordan seems a little bit further down on them than I am, but I think they're I think they're average, right? It's not like we're, we have a huge gap in our assessment of it. 
and then you go get the guy like a Bryce Young to have the better environment. So even if I all, I wanted them to address QB a little bit earlier, right? The, the plan seems to have worked out. Of course, all of this is under the caveat of, well, maybe Bryce Young's a bust. Okay, maybe everybody's a bust, for sure. I get that. But as far as what we can prove right now, as far as what we can tell right now, yeah, I think the process on the offensive side of the ball has worked out. Yeah, and the thing I like that he talked about as well is just that this Panthers draft class talking about Jamie Robinson now. That's that's three people, uh, now Vashti, myself, and now Jordan Reed that you can add <laughs> to the list of the okay. Jamie Robinson fan club. And not saying that you're not, but just saying that no. people that have brought up, like I said, I just love the pedigree, what he brought to Florida State and South Carolina. I just think he's going to end up being a player before it's all said and done. And then also just the question about the rookie that the Panthers should be the most feared. And I like that because I'm – going to enjoy the rookies that are coming into this division. These are all guys that I want to see play. These are all reasons to give me to watch division games, even though I'm going to be watching them anyway. But when you talk about Bryce Young, Bijan Robinson, Brian Bercy, and then Kalaja Kansi all coming into this division, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch, not to mention some of the other picks they have. But this is a great group of first-round picks that are coming into this division that's going to be fantastic to watch. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I I like the draft overall. He did agree with most people that it was a reach to go get DJ Johnson, but that DJ you know, might have a role, especially with what Scott Fitterer said on Kyle Bailey when he said that he's just going to be able to set the edge and we'll worry about the rushing the passer part of being a defensive end a little bit later in that process. Also very high on Mingo right now. Wes, what did you make of that assessment of Jordan saying, no, it's not just for the future, even though he was tabbed as maybe a little raw, maybe someone that didn't produce as much at Ole Miss as we would have liked. He thinks right now is when we're going to be wowed by the Ole Miss receiver. Do you agree with him in that part? Uh, it sounds hot. You know what I'm saying? And it's just going to be a wait and see it approach on that. I like <laughs> Jamie Robinson. You're right. Like, this is what we can do, but you're, yeah. you're not as high. Right? No, no, no. I'm not saying I disagree with him. I'm uh-huh. just saying that the praise that he's been getting, I'm just saying that, yes, it sounds hot, but we're going to see just like with any of these draft picks. And uh, I think and hope that it will work out for them that they did draft the right guy. So uh, we're going to see, as I said, Ole Miss right now, he's got the pedigree to be able to say that this looks to be a strong draft selection just based off what they've put out. And the thing I think people underrate about stuff like that is that they kind of keep each other accountable. When they get that tradition like that, you can't tell me AJ and DK are going to call him and if they see that maybe he's not doing some things or maybe things to help him out. And so when schools start to get those reputations at a certain position, I think those guys take a lot of pride in that, but also think they have great resources to be able to help them become successful. So you see that with the Alabama receivers or uh, different schools that call themselves whatever position you. So I think that that will also help him out as well, having two guys that have been successful as those two that are similar builds, similar styles of play to help him be a good player. But uh, one of our good players that uh, is going to give us his first flash. Is he more of a future guy or is he a right now guy? Uh, I'd say he's a right now guy because he has to be on right now. (laughs) Fitty, let's get that first Fitty flash of the day. It's all right to be little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fitty. few things I want to cover really quickly in the first flash. First off, last night, the Knights, they took down the Durham Bulls 9-7. They'll be at home all weekend long against uh, against Durham. 
Uh, Kentucky Derby winner Mage will run in the Preakness in the second round, uh, the second leg of the Triple Crown. And the last thing, one to kind of focus on, been some rumors that maybe Tom Brady would back out of his mega deal with Fox to be a broadcaster. Maybe we're starting to figure out why he is in talks to join the ownership group and buy stakes in the Las Vegas Raiders. Does that interest you at all, Tom Brady, the owner, now that he has officially hung up the cleats? Yeah, of course. I think he's going to bring a great presence to that team. So if he does that, then he cannot do the Fox job, right? I don't know if that's true, but that, there's just been rumors circulating that he's going to back out of being the broadcaster. It's a lot of money. Plus, good news for Greg Olson if that actually happens. Greg Olson will keep his spot. Yeah. If you'd like <sighs> Greg Olson, I guess. I'm the only one. Okay. Good point by me. <laughs> All I, right. No. Love Greg. I I mean, Kevin Burkhart needs to go back and be a Simpsons character. All right. Here we go. So when we come back on the Wes and Walker show... It's time for the new hit segment. My name is on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say... They're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. to Jordan Reed for joining us on Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ <laughs> Sometimes you get a little close with the mic turn on and the comments that are still filtering in from the break thinking that nobody's going to be here but that's alright <laughs> we were safe uh, we've got a lot of text to get to this is the thing right so many people wrote in their favorite snack mascots so many people wrote in some of the comments that Jordan Reed had. I want to get to them, but I also want to save some time for our undrafted free agent showcase. So let's do this because I still want to hear from everybody on the text line. I still want to read a lot of the fabulous entries on the text line. We'll do that at the beginning of next break, but we need to fit in the showcase because Wes, I'll tell you with an undrafted free agent that I picked today, I like him a lot. Okay. He's my favorite outright. Number one, I think he's going to make the team 50% shot. I'm okay. Gonna go, I'm going to go. Oh, high let's eye. go. I'm already. All right. So I'll give you the second one. But as always, we'll lead with your guy for undrafted. My name is. Okay. They are the long shots. They are the underdogs. They are undrafted. Ricky. 
That's the name? You tell me, Wes. Who is this Ricky we speak of? You, we are talking about Ricky Lee from North Carolina, A&T University, Greensboro, stand up. Okay, this kid a little bit on the leaner side, smaller side for a tackle. He goes 6'5", 289 pounds. The 40, not the best in the world, 5.42. But his 1.77 10-yard split would have been top 10 at the NFL Combine. So that means he's a little twitchy. His 4.96 20-yard shuttle also would have fared well at the Combine, too. There was only one HBCU player who heard their name called during the NFL draft, but he came to the Aggies after transferring from North Carolina Central. So you're talking about some animosity going on there. But he served as the Aggies starting left tackle in 2021 and 2022. During the 2021 season, he started all 11 games for them and played the second most snaps on the team among offensive linemen. Then he was on the North Carolina Central Eagles in 2018 and 2019, as I said. He started all 11 games at right tackle as a true freshman, graded out as a high-percentage blocker with multiple pancake blocks. And then also the athleticism, the footwork is there because he played basketball in high school, which lets you know he has some quick feet. And that, folks, is also why my high school coach decided that he would put me at offensive tackle because he saw me playing basketball. So you see yourself so, a little bit in Ricky Well, Lee. maybe not that, <laughs> but I'm just saying that basketball is a good precursor you. for offensive linemen as far as evaluating footwork. So mm-hmm. he's going to have a tough chance to make this roster when you look at the depth chart. I'm going to go about, I'm going to go 7 or 8%, give you a little bit of some funky numbers there because the Panthers just signed wow. Cameron Irving for depth on that offensive line. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's going to have an uphill battle like the rest of these guys. But if he fights and you never know how injuries and different things play out, and if he comes in and shows and proves, he could have a shot at making this roster. Wes, I'm surprised this guy didn't get drafted, to be honest with you, the more I looked into him. Okay. Jalen Redmond, defensive lineman out of Oklahoma. Okay. So NFL Network had him as a projected fifth or sixth round pick. And honestly, if you were to just give me... Maybe not so much tapes, not like I've been grinding in the film room for a few (laughs) hours, but just stats, athleticism, all of that. I'm surprised that it was even even projected fifth or sixth. And then for him to go undrafted, it's puzzling to me. And here's why. Dude had a fantastic combine. In fact, his combine score, you talk about a vertical jump that was ninth best among defensive tackle prospects since 2009. Mm. He had the best vertical in this year's 2003 combine, the best broad jump, the second best 10-yard split, tied for second best, second best 40 at a 4.85, and his size, 6'2", 290 pounds, Wes. This guy's athleticism score was absolutely ridiculous. He and Zach Pickens, they tied for the 11th best broad jump since 2009, too. Jalen Redmond opened up, uh, I think, on some impressive snaps against even an Osiris Torrance, who was a high draft pick, a high prospect coming into the NFL draft. When you talk about him, I think it was working down at the Senior Bowl when they would go one-on-one drills. There was some film of him doing some damage against somebody that was projected to go high as a college guard. Also, he created 83 pressures in college via pro football focus at Oklahoma, had the fourth highest sack percentage amongst Big 12 defensive tackles last season. And if you look at some of the totals here, four sacks last year, three and a half in 2021, 
Missed the COVID season in 2020, but six and a half in 2019, 11 tackles for loss. The athleticism, production, feels like there's some versatility here, Wes. I feel like the athleticism allows him to maybe even play a defensive end on an odd man front. And I think he's got the size. If you're 6'2", 290, you can mess around inside a little bit. Like, I like Jalen Redman. It's not like you have a lot of depth on the defensive line if you're Carolina you bring in Shy Tuttle that's a free agent signing you bring in I forget Deshaun Williams also I like Redman a lot I, I mean 50-50 that's probably too high for an undrafted guy but as far as making the roster man I, I don't know if I'll give you a higher percentage for any other player outside of Jalen I really like what he can do and as long as he continues to improve love what he can do for this Carolina Panther team yeah and then when you look into the numbers he had his last three seasons that he played at Oklahoma over eight tackles for loss and last year he goes double digit tackles for loss so yeah I agree with you Walker. I'm, I'm, this I'm is a guy, there's a lot to like there man I'm weirded out like and if you look at him on Twitter the, a, a lot of the draft junkies and you know pro football focus guys locked on draft network all those people right they were like, yeah, man, Jalen Redmond moves pretty well. Like, you see him, he has some flashes. Sometimes he doesn't show it every single play. If he did, then, of course, he'd be drafted and drafted higher. But some of the weaknesses, if you just go to the Lance Zerline breakdown, reach blocks find their mark against him, struggles to counter and defeat a washdown block, heavy feet slow his momentum on twist, pass rush becomes too straight-legged, and he has trouble reacting with his athleticism sometimes mm. for change of direct direction tackles. Now, just one man's opinion with Lance Zerline that I read there, but let me ask you as an offensive lineman, do those outweigh some of the other things that we saw for him to fall this far? Or did Carolina get what you could call a steal with not being too crazy about it, right? Just in the confines of what we're discussing. Well, I think when you talk about things like that, man, I, I hearken back to conversations that I had like with Aaron Curry. And I remember when he told me when he first got to the NFL, a lot of the pass rush moves that he would use in college didn't work so well when he got to the league. <laughs> right. He said, when those guys put hands on you, you weren't going anywhere. So I say all that to say that if he's getting reached easily on blocks and and some of the other things you talked about, well, those are college offensive linemen. And a lot of those guys won't be playing at the next level. So when you start talking about guys who do this for a living, who have families to feed, who could be Pro Bowl caliber guys, all pro caliber guys, it's going to make a difference. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, oh, yeah. if I can get you on a reach block, constantly in college, then that means that when you get to the pros, man, guys are going to be getting on you, so you're going to have to step your game up. Let me ask you this, too, just last question. So he's not the defensive line coach, but James Campen is the offensive line coach. Is there any way that you can kind of go the other way if you're an offensive line coach, say, hey, look, look, Jalen, like this is what I'm teaching my guys to do, but if you can just correct this guy's technique, it feels like a good coaching staff should be able to get a lot out of him as long as, of course, he's willing to put in the work. And so I, I think even, I, what was it? I think it was uh, Peyton Manning. Somebody talked about Peyton Manning saying, look, he could be a defensive coordinator and and call uh, Monty Kiffin's defense better than Monty could. I remember yeah. that comment, right? Because you could have that switch knowing what struggles and what affects you so much as an offensive mind. I just think you can get the most out of this guy. Yeah, I think a lot of that stuff too is just a fire. That's the big thing with the big guys, man. Yeah. If you can light a fire under their butt where they want to play down in, down out, I think that makes such a big difference, especially when you talk about, I mean, any football player, their fire needs to be going all the time, but especially with big men, because with big guys, you know, it's always that age old adage that, you know, you don't want to make the big man mad because mm -hmm. of what could happen to right. you. And so if you get those guys angry and playing hard all the time, they can do a lot of damage. So I think a lot of that stuff 
can be fixed with just effort and intensity. And then from there, you start to get down to the technique of all right, it all. All right, Ricky Lee from NCANT, Wes's guy. It seems like we both really like Jalen Redman and what he could possibly do to help out the Carolina Panthers on the defensive line as an undrafted free agent. Let's break down a little bit more of the schedule. I broke up some questions in different categories. We have toughest game, most intriguing, biggest old thing game, biggest QB matchup, and the biggest I have no clue what to expect contest. We got all of that coming up. Plus, we're going to read some of the best snack mascots of all time. Wesson Walker, off and rolling, sports radio, 92.7 WFNZ.